Welcome to the Field of 12 After Dark. And we got an absolute barn burner going on at Kyle Field in College Station right now. Uh, look, we, we tonight at the uh, with, with the Field of 12 After Dark, we got a little special edition, as you can tell. Hell, I'm, I've only been here once. I'm Clint Sterner, former quarterback <laughs> at the University of Arkansas. And we got two more guys that uh, that played a little quarterback back in their time that y'all are obviously familiar with. We got Bryce Petty, my man. How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? Bears out there. Yes, and we got Trevor Knight. All my Aggies out there. All my OU Sooners out there. Trevor, I'm sorry. I don't know who you identify with more. But, my brother, it is a, an absolute honor to be here with you. We got an absolute barn burner going on right here in, in one of your old stomping grounds, my man. Uh-oh. Did we lose him? No way we lost him. Trevor, can't <laughs> hear you, buddy. I feel like there's there's an apex of the excitement that was building. And, right. uh, of course, technical difficulties always seem to get us in these magic moments. Uh, but, Clint, real quick, too, because I know everybody's kind of watching this game, man. This is this is unbelievable. I mean, who would have thought we got, we got my man Zach Calzada coming off of – the dude was just in a medical tent right now. We got 14 seconds left. I'm sure you guys have already seen the play. My YouTube TV stream is slow as all get out. But, I mean, you got to think that they're going to kick a field goal and win this dang thing right now, huh? Bryce, they've got to. And you, you look, I live down here in Aggie country, man. I'm, I'm right outside of Houston. And I'm telling you, man, um, you guys know this. Hell, I mean, y'all been around college football. It happens in pro football. This, this Zach Calzada kid has taken an absolute beating since mm. Arkansas – Arkansas was able to beat this Aggie football team in in, uh, in Dallas and then Mississippi State uh, beat him in Kyle Field last week. Um, I mean, this kid has taken an absolute beating, and here he is. I mean, not only having one hell of a football game. Now, statistically, he has put a hell of a football game together. Yeah. But like you just said, on a touchdown throw, he gets hit low and looks like he blows out his knee. He goes into medical tent. He comes back out. and leads A&M on a drive mm. that has left them – it's a 38-38 ball game – has left them with a, a short chip shot field goal to beat the number one team in the country. This is storybook ending type of stuff, my man. And it's, and it's been like this all day long. I mean, th th today, today has happened to be probably a it's Saturday over. that I think it'll go down in the books as one of the greatest Saturdays ever. And as we just found out – uh, I'm, give me two seconds for my response real quick. <laughs> Just a little bit long. He's taking my, a few steps to the left here. It's got the chip shot. I'm excited. I feel like if I was betting, man, I'd say he's going to make it. Oh, my gosh. That thing took a hard left and then came back, didn't it? Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. He, Down goes that looked, the Crimson Tide. Hey, Bryce, that looked like my drive off of the first <laughs> last week when, I, when we were up there playing golf, man. Yeah, look, this is absolute. I mean, this is a monster game for A&M. Let, let's just, let's start right there. Hey, look, everybody out there, you're, you're watching the field of 12 after dark. And what I want you to do is, is I want you to call your friends, call your family. Cause we got hey, something rocking and rolling here. I know right now it's just me and Bryce Petty, but we got Trevor Knight joining us. He's working on some, I know with that office back there, it's hard to believe, but there's some technical difficulties <laughs> going on. We, we, we got a beautiful evening set up for you right now. I don't know where the hell else you can go and you can get three former quarterbacks cussing and discussing what's going on in college football. On, on this beautiful Saturday. And and look, Trevor, you with us, baby? Can I hear you? Can I hear you? Let me hear your beautiful voice one time. 
Nope, you got to turn that thing on, baby. You got to turn that thing on. I still can't. Hey, you look good, though. You look good, damn it. There ain't no doubt about that. Right. I love it. I mean, I mean, Bryce, here's the deal. Let's let's start right here. Let's start right here. I mean, yeah. this is the black and white of it, my man, is Jimbo Fisher and Mike Elko absolutely needed this victory right here. You and I have talked about it, man. You can't come into the season with, with – with college football analysts talking about they're going to go 12 and 0, they're going to be the college football playoffs. And then all of a sudden you're three and two with two losses that nobody saw coming mm. on the verge of three and three. And some people might start questioning your gig. Some people yep. might yep. start questioning the future of AM. And this victory right here erases it all, man. This this is exactly what what uh what my man Jimbo Fisher and Mike Elko needed, no question. And he's, and he's had to, right? So we were talking before the show. I mean, we just signed an extension to 31, 2031 on a, on a hell of a contract. And what we were talking about is, okay, outside of, outside of our guy, Jameis, eating dubs, who is, who is Jimbo really put in a picture and, and put a product on the field to, to really validate that? Now, this is, dude, that dude is the king of College Station. That dude is the king of Northgate. Zach Calzada is going to walk in there with my man, Johnny Menzel, probably shots on shots on shots, and I hope he does. But to that point, this is that statement win that ever since they joined the SEC, they wanted that statement win at home. They had it in Tuscaloosa in 12. This is what gives it to them at home, and I think it's it's just a beautiful story, man. I mean, it, this was this was the – I think they were saying like 567 days since Alabama's last loss. I mean, th 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 this is beautiful. It's a beautiful storybook ending right here. Beginning, right, not yeah. ending. Right, right. Trevor. One more time. One more time. I'm in, Trevor. baby. I'm in. Uh, we're finally here. Hey, I think, I, I think that I am having Wi-Fi issues because of all the text I'm getting right now. Flow is blowing up I for believe a guy it. like me. Playing at OU, watching that game this morning, unbelievable football game. And now to watch this, I still got it pulled up on my phone. Aggie Land, Kyle Field is going absolutely nuts. Bryce, to your point, the last time that the Aggies knocked off the Crimson Tide, Johnny Football was around. It's the hoopla, right? They implode the stadium down there just to build a new one up, basically Ooh. because of that win, right? Yep. Now they're celebrating in that beautiful new stadium. Massive win for Jimbo Fisher and massive win for the Aggies. Unbelievable. Trevor, Trevor, real quick, man, you, you're the only one with experience in College Station, man. I mean, we we all from the outside. Look, I was at the SEC Network. I saw some things with Kevin Sumlin. I, I've obviously followed. I've lived down here in Aggie country. I followed Jimbo Fisher. Look, man, I mean, I know he's contracted through 30, uh, 2031, but, I mean, this wasn't going to be good, man. This wasn't going to be the good for the future of Jimbo Fisher if he just started 3-3 three and three with three SEC West losses. I mean, in your mind, how big was this victory tonight, not only for the Aggies and, and because the Aggies beat the Crimson Tide, but for Jimbo Fisher and, and the fact that he's going to be at A&M until 31? Guys, look at this. I mean, this is why we do what we do. This is why we love <laughs> – football right <laughs> I mean if you I, I, I'm gonna go out and say this on on record and I apologize to my Aggie faithful as a homer I all week long in every conversation I said I had gave the Aggies zero percent chance to win this game you're not alone I think chance. everybody did. Yeah. the rest of the world right yeah. my only concern was 
I hope we don't get embarrassed 59 and nothing to get it home like it happened several years ago, right? I was hoping to put a few points on the board and maybe get a little confidence with, the, you know, a younger quarterback, a younger team. This is absolutely incredible, mind-blowing. It's huge for Jimbo Fisher. It's huge for Aggieland because that place is different, right? I was talking about it a little while ago with, uh, with some of the folks that I have in town. To win in Aggieland goes a little bit further because of the roots of the tradition of how the, that fan base is, right? I mean, they're going to show up. They're going to stand each and every night. But to have staple wins like this, that's what keeps the money flowing. That's what keeps the people coming back each and every week to Kyle Field. Absolutely massive for Jimbo and the squad. Well, what, what about the this? going. There's no question about that. I mean, there's a lot of money in College Station, or let's say this, not necessarily in College Station, but flowing through College Station. Trev, uh, Bryce and I talked a little bit about uh, Zach Calzada, man. You're you talking about a guy, and we've all been there. Hell, I don't want to speak for y'all, but I, I had I had stints in my career where I got the hell beat out of me because I wasn't playing very well, and I was missing third down throws, and I wasn't winning ball games. But when you when you look at what Zach Calzada's been through, and, and it's all justified. Look, if you don't play well, hell, you should get beat up. And when you play well, you, you they, obviously we celebrate you. But he's been through a, a tough stretch to start the season. Tonight, my man, I don't give a damn who you are. Tonight was special. Statistically, and if you watch that football game, the way that he medical tent, out of the medical tent, mm -hmm. back on the field versus Alabama, winning drive, I mean, Put a nail in the coffin, baby. How big was that from, from your point of view, Trev? I mean, as, as you guys know, playing playing this game in general, but specifically at quarterback, there's a ton of pressure on you to perform well, to lead the team, um, and, and to kind of be just that staple of, of the football program, right? This guy's been walking around campus the last two weeks, probably people giving him death stares. He's probably got mail in his mailbox out front saying – let me please walk you to the admissions office, <laughs> sign your papers, you deserve to be a, on, a, on a Division One field. I had that happen to me. That's how I know that it actually happens, right? But this tonight not only is huge for this season, right? This shows that we've got a guy back there that can play, right? He's capable now. Um, he can play at a high level. He's got grit. He's got toughness. Now, what do we turn this into? It's a great job with Jimbo Fisher and the staff during the week internally pumping this guy full of confidence. Now, what can he turn this into? Hey, he's going to be able to go back to Aggieland from, for, from this point to really the end of his life, and people will recognize him and reference this game right here. Now, again, it's exciting. It's one night, but a pretty special night for that young man as well. And and I know real quick too, just so, just so I, you know, not to not to cut you off, Clint, because I know we're rolling here. But but I, I tell you what, man, and, and we'll get to our toasts in a second. But watching this game from start to finish, I really can't remember a time that Alabama and it, the stat line kind of shows a little bit different picture because uh, they had some long runs here and there. But I can't remember a time that Alabama got beat up in the trenches. A&M came out with a mission tonight that and, and you can tell and, and, and all of us have been in locker rooms and that's what you miss about the game because when you have games like this where everybody's already written you off that's when you see you guys kind of come together and be like man it's, it's us against the world and that's exactly how you want it man I hats off to the to the trenches uh those those five guys up front for A&M and those four guys on the defensive line for A&M came to play 
tonight. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of uh, talk on, on Zach, and he's going to be getting shots left and right. I'm hoping he buys some of those shots for those alignment today. Hey, there, there's no question about it. Look, I, I, that's exactly where I was going to go, Bright. Look, don't worry about cutting me off. Hell, I, I suck the oxygen out of, out of the room, so if you don't cut me off, you're going to have a hard time getting in, brother. <laughs> but here, 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 here's the deal. I mean, look, first of all, Zach Calzada, his ass better be sitting next to Johnny Manziel on Northgate tonight <laughs> doing whatever it is these kids do nowadays, having a good time. I don't know what it is. I don't want no part in it because I don't recover like I used to, but I do want to hear some stories down the road. That's for damn sure. But you're right. Hey, this is why this is bigger. And look, I don't want to I don't want to go all, all night about A&M in Alabama. But the, the fact of the matter is, is this team had major problems, guys. They replaced four offensive yeah. linemen from last year. And while Zach Calzada has been getting the hell beat out of him for the last month, the truth of the matter is, Bryce, you and I were talking about this. I watched a play last week that Zach Calzada was getting dog cussed for in the center. Actually, it wasn't the center. It was the right guard was on his ass seven yards deep in the backfield next to the quarterback. And when I see that happening, I go, hey, man, yeah. I don't want to hear no more talk about the quarterback. That, that You just can't win with that. And so here's the deal. The offensive line, to your point, Bryce, lights out. You beat Alabama. I don't care what the stat sheet says. I don't care what the plus-minus grade sheets say. Mm -hmm. I don't care what PFF says. You played a damn good football game, and you ran it well, and you protected your passer well enough. And here's the other thing. Mike Elko, guys, Mike Elko, I mean, he coached a hell of a game. Bryce, I don't know how many times I heard you leading up to this like, damn, they're dialing up the blitz now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these guys yeah. are putting the pressure on the quarterback now. These guys look good. Bryce Young hadn't quite seen this. I mean, yep. hats off. I salute, tip the cap to, to not just Zach Calzada, but the O-line and the defense as well. And you, you gotta, you gotta love that with college, man. And so, so with that, um, man, let's, let's see this. Let's go, let's go right into our toast here because it, this is just, this is just fun and, and definitely something that we like to do uh, here at the field of 12 after dark show. Um, but, but we have to, because the essence of the toast is, is from the general himself, Lee Corso. So Lee Corso, because you did it another week, buddy, toast, toast <laughs> to you, my man. Hey, I'll tell you this, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and have fun and start this off because this is going to be a fun one. Uh, toast don't get much to special teams guys, but man, my man, Tory Taylor punter from Iowa had nine punts today, six inside the 20 with four of those being inside the 10, three inside the five. My man came to play with the right leg today. Tough, tough, tough um, in environment that, that uh, Penn State walked into. But I got to give a toast to uh, to my guy, Tory Taylor, today. Get that man Iowa. a massage, right? Mm. I tell you what, you don't, you don't see many punts uh, going nine Ooh. times. That's not good. Hey, I don't, I don't know where you guys live right now, but in the Houston area, we don't talk about massages. Y'all eased up on that. No massages. <laughs> no too, massages soon, too soon. Too soon. I, I apologize. That's I apologize. Reflexology. You know, maybe a, a pedicure, manicure. No massages, bub. No massages. Trev, I love you it. Got, I love it. Look, you, Trev, you, you, your, your toast has got to be, I mean, hell, it's got to be one or two guys. I'm, I'm looking at the rundown, right? Not the rundown, but the. The ESPN ticker here. It's got to be one or two guys. I'm going to let you take it, man, because I'm going to take the other one. Who you got? Yeah, you know, I, I could go a lot, a lot of which ways with this. Um, I, I've got to give a toast to Caleb Williams. Um, mm. It was unbelievable to watch that young man step in as a true freshman um, in the Cotton Bowl, which is an incredible – I mean, it, it is so much different than any other environment. A, a guy that I played with um, at A&M, 
who's been in big time stadiums, had his first OU Texas experience today. He said, man, I didn't realize it was like that. It is, it is just different. And this guy goes in there and battles his way back, plays really good football, leads that group. And that was the biggest point that, that I'll make. And I know we'll get to this game later, but toast to Caleb Williams. Heck of a job, young man. Toasties. Going, Toasties. Brent, you know, like you know what's a good day too, real quick, Clint, when uh, when Trevor's toasting with water and not a. Uh, <laughs> I'm still recovering. I my my voice may go out halfway through this thing. We were screaming. True. I love it. I love it. I love it, Clint. Who you got for our toast, buddies? There's been many a days as of late that I wish I would have uh, chose water over uh, tequila, but I, I mean, hell, it just here I go again. I had to learn, but anyway, um, yeah. Look, I, I mean, I I knew he was gonna go one one of two directions and and here's here's the deal i'll go the other direction man i mean we've talked a lot about him tonight zach calzada yeah. i mean i i tip my cap brother i mean that there is i mean just to withstand the beating that my man's taken over the last month bryce you and i talked about this yeah. a couple of weeks ago man of, of like hey i had a pager when i was playing i didn't have a twitter page you know what i mean i had the old the old pager on my hip so I don't know necessarily what it's like, but I, I bet he's taking an absolute beating to show the, the 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 toughness, the mental toughness. Forget the the the, the athletic ability and and the the the, the QB ability, the skill set, and all that jive. Um, to come out and do what he did tonight, after what he's been through, clearly the kid is. There's a certain level of poise. The intangibles are through the roof. And, and this kid is, is special. And I don't know what's going to happen beyond tonight, but damn it, tonight, man, cheers. Here's to you, my brother. It's just, I mean, that's just a big time, big time. Go job have tonight, one, man. Zach. Go have one. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, real quick, too, before we get to these games, man, because we got some good ones, we need to do a, a homage uh, of our own to Bet Rivers, man. But, um, so let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money, like my man Johnny Manziel tonight at Northgate with their new rush pay instant approval withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable with football season kicking off. Get into the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be two one years or older. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, man, gents, so I tell you what, okay, so we got some we got some interesting things to move to because what we just witnessed is number one go down. Um, and this was kind of a, a conversation that we had been talking about before uh, leading up to this show is that Alabama is Georgia showing enough to jump them. Alabama's going to keep winning. They're going to be the guy. Well, Alabama's down. Alabama's going down. They just went down. They got a long flight back to Tuscaloosa, which kind of brings us to Georgia. And, and Georgia, again, um, Clint, you know, you being the SEC guy down here, I mean, it, what, we're, what we're seeing from Georgia week in and week out is dominant football on both sides of the ball. We got Stetson Bennett, who is just operating that offense. They keep calling him a game manager. I don't know why the hell why, uh, because the guy <laughs> is is tossing up numbers. He's running in and out of defenses, doing his thing. Um, so you got them just routing Auburn right now. I mean, what what's left on that schedule for Georgia for you to say? I mean, th this ought to be a hell of an SEC championship game down in December, correct? 
Yeah, no question about it. Look, I mean, 34 to 10 over Auburn today. I'll say this. I think Auburn was probably the most, I mean, you look at their schedule in the past. You had Arkansas and you had Clemson really were the two teams in Georgia's past that that challenged them, right? Or, or we thought would challenge them. Arkansas didn't do a damn thing, let's be clear. Yeah. Uh, but but we thought would challenge them, right? And, and I said this all along, but I definitely said it after the Arkansas game, is the only thing left for Georgia, guys, was for a more balanced attack offensively to to come to 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 test their defense, if you will. Right. And, and see if, if their defense was actually as legit as it as it the stats would tell you that it is. I thought Auburn, although they're not the best, most two dimensional, uh, yeah. you know, the, uh, team in the country. I thought what we saw from Bo Nix last week at LSU winning down in Death Valley. I thought, hey, he throws it better than anybody they've seen. They've got a really good run attack. If they go down there and shut these guys out, then they'll go to a whole nother level. Well, guess what? Georgia shut them down. 34 to 10 was the game. It was never really a game beyond midway through the first quarter. And look, Bryce, you asked about uh, Georgia's schedule. They got two They got two games left on their schedule that are going to be absolute monsters for them. And I believe this, right? Florida, you already know, that's, a, that's yeah. a, a rivalry game, guys. We've all played in rivalry games. Who knows what the hell that's going to end up looking like. Yeah. And Florida is one of the teams in the SEC that has the horses. They may not play well. They may not communicate. They may not have great chemistry. They, but they got the horses, and they can show up, right? So you got Florida in two weeks, but next week, guys, you got the University of Kentucky. I think Mark Stoops, is, they, they beat up on um, – who they beat up on? They beat up on somebody tonight. Um, they beat up on LSU tonight. Yeah, Kentucky. I was thinking that was last week. That's Kentucky. Kentucky beat up on LSU tonight, and so – they're rocking and rolling, guys. So, yeah, Georgia's got a couple yeah. of couple of games left in their schedule that can challenge them. But I think your point is, Bryce, is that Georgia is the undisputed number one where we sit right now. Is that fair to say, Trevor? Absolutely. Absolutely. The way that that defense is playing, the way that they're beating people, that's the only team now, you know, prior to this week, I obviously had Alabama in that as well. But the only team now that I feel confident that they can walk into any stadium in the country – um, and, and really impose their will on their opponent um, and walk out of there victorious. Uh, probably the only team right now that I think runs the table. Um, you know, I, I think they get to the college football playoff unblemished. I know they have some of those trap games in there, and, and we've got a lot of football left to play. But where we sit and where I sit, um, that's the only team that I have any level of comfortability saying that about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. Hey, here, Bryce. Here, here's what's interesting, bro. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Is right now you got Georgia sitting at number one, and I don't give a damn what anybody says. Alabama's vulnerable. I mean, they almost got beat by Florida on the road. Yep. They got beat by A&M on the road today. They still got Auburn on the schedule. They still got an SEC championship on the schedule. If 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 that is what what unfolds in the future, but Alabama's not the old Alabama where man they're just running through folks like mess through a goose and it's going, I mean, it's just a matter of the SEC game, right? The SEC championship game, right? That ain't the case, man. I mean, Alabama's got some work to do and I think they're awfully vulnerable move, moving down the stretch. So my point in saying that guys is that I think it's safe to say George is going to be number one. And right now, if we had to put a college football playoff together, that'd be number one. Hey, them other, them other three spots are wide open, baby. Them other three spots are what Clemson ain't in the mix. I mean, they mm -hmm. may be in the mix, but they're, they're de definitely not in stone. Alabama's not in stone. So what are we doing? We're sitting here 
and we're looking at, at three possible college football playoff spots wide open with no favorite at this point in time. Yep. Yeah, well, and it's super interesting, too. So you got four out of the top ten that fell today. So what's what's really interesting is, one, you're going to have Alabama meet Georgia in the SEC championship. So say they run the rest of the table. Um, and by the way, I mean, what, what's super interesting about Alabama right now is this was supposed to be a, a defensive, just stacked team. I mean, this is the second time now on the road, to your point, Clint, that they've given up over 35 points. So it, it, they are vulnerable, right? And so now you've got what could be a two-loss Alabama. You got my Cincinnati Bearcats sitting right there at four or five, but now you got Penn State out, and they've got a hell of a schedule. I don't know how long. Um, uh, oh my gosh, um, so bad, Clint. Um, quarterback for, uh, starting quarterback for Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. Um, uh, that's there. You go, Clifford. So I don't know how long he's going to be. How he's going to be out for. I don't. Dog, I don't know because I was talking about him. I was talking about him all day today. That's so bad. I was talking about him all day today too. Um, you know, so you got you got you know really Georgia, Iowa. I'm, I'm assuming you know one two. Now does does Cincinnati keep going up or does OU hop you know hop them? Um, you know, going in this top four, which, which, you know, let's, let's talk about that game for a little bit. Right. So you've got which a hell of a, well, I'm getting there, hold your, hold your role there. So, so if we go to this, Red River come, Showdown, the screen on your tell, come, come on, you know, where I live. So if I go, if we talk about this, this Red River showdown, Trevor, I know you were there and, and Clint and I were watching it too. Um, what did we see from OU today? I mean, we had, we had, the, uh, you know, a shoe in for Heisman winner, go down, which was, uh, again, week in, week out. We thought it was coming at some point. You got the, the crowd, you know, yelling for, for our boy Caleb Williams. So what did, what did we see today, Trevor, that, that would make you say, hey, um, this is a top four team in the country, and then where does it go from here? I, I tell you what, man, um, I, I prefaced it at the beginning of the show, but an incredible, incredible atmosphere there at the Cotton Bowl, as it always is but heightened, right? We're coming off of a COVID year. The, the state fair is back. There's corn dogs and fried everything flying around. Bryce, I know you were out there with your family the other week. Yep. Just even before you got into the stadium, there's just that aura, right? You got two very storied programs, uh, a lot of trash talking going on. And so we walk into the stadium, you see the split right down the middle, right? Half burnt orange, half crimson, and boom. First play of the game, 75 yards on the smoke screen. Jaw <laughs> hits the floor. Next thing, three and out, boom, block punt. Recovered for a uh, – not for a touchdown, but essentially right there on the three-yard line, they punch it in. 14 nothing with, I think, 13, over 13 minutes left in the first quarter. Texas comes out. They score 28 points in that first quarter. And I'm sitting here telling all the people that I went with and that I'm sitting with, one of these teams came to play today and they've got a little, uh, you know, a, a little juice to them. And the other absolutely does not. I was referring to the team that does not as Oklahoma at the time, obviously. And Texas came out firing, right? At the end of the game, all I hear now is Texas didn't have any juice. OU came <laughs> to play. It was a, you could write a book on the story of that game and the ups and downs, but like we mentioned, my toast of the day, Caleb Williams coming in to replace what we all talked about at the beginning of the year as the front runner for the Heisman Trophy, the guy that if he just 
honestly manages the game and plays and makes some of these crazy throws like he normally does, he's going to be in New York City. Now he may not be starting another college football game this year because this young man came in and just battled and battled and battled. And it was a full team approach. I thought Lincoln Riley did a great job um, throwing some wrinkles in there. You saw him get some confidence towards the end of the game with Caleb in there, which I liked seeing. Um, I know there was communication between those two guys because he's not the full-time starter, right? Hey, this is something we put in the game plan for Spencer. Do you like it? Do you not? And then you see a really gutsy call. It's a, a, a must-have two-point conversion in the, in the ball game. He pulls Caleb Williams back out, puts number seven Spencer Rattler back in there, and he throws a really, really nice pass to Drake Stoops son of uh, Bob Stoops there to, to, to get that two-point conversion just because he had gotten all the reps at that play. Again, you, you could write an absolute story on this game, but probably, if not the best sporting event I've ever been a part of in person. Just unbelievable, guys. Trev, we, we got to hit on – we got to hit on a little something, though, man. I mean, you said – Spencer Rattler may have taken his last snap at quarterback at OU. Hell, I don't know how he hadn't at this point in time. I mean, but <laughs> but but let's address that, man. Is, is Spencer Rattler done as the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma? Man, that's been the conversation here for what the past five hours or so. It three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we're saying, hey, his last pass is going to be the last game of this year because he's going to go number one in the draft, right? Now we are literally sitting here saying, is he, should we check the portal? Is he in there tonight? Is he going to be in there on Monday? What are the conversations going on internally, right? I mean, Spencer Rattler is a phenomenal football player, but how could you not give the reins to Caleb Williams next week against TCU after that performance? I, I feel for Lincoln Riley and the staff because that's a huge decision to make because one way or the other, you kind of had a, uh, you're at a fork in the road, right? You got to pick one and, and roll with it, and you don't want to make the wrong decision. Trevor, I, look, I, I, Bryce, you, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? And that, that's the topic of the night, guys. I mean, that, that's the topic yeah. of the day in college football is, yes, OU made an unbelievable comeback and, and beat the University of Texas in one of the biggest football games of every single college football season, any way you slice it. Doesn't matter the records. That game right there is must-see TV. And it was great that OU came back. But unfortunately, or fortunately, it's overshadowed with who's going to be the quarterback moving forward at the University of Oklahoma. Bryce, a little different lens you're looking through. There's, there's no former player for either school. What's your thoughts <laughs> on, on, uh, on that in particular? Well, I mean, shit, man. We, you know, Trevor and I have been talking about this almost every week that we have our podcast. Is 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 there is a and you said it best, you know, two weeks ago that expectations are put on you for a reason. If you don't have expectations, no one's talking about you. And so for for really both, you know, Spencer Rattler and Lincoln Riley, it's it's been this conversation for the last six weeks of you know, yeah, they're winning, but at the same time, they're they're not winning the way they need to be winning. And a lot of that sits, as we all know, kind of right on our shoulders. And, you know, Spencer Rattler, from, from what Lincoln said on the, on the field today, you know, coming out of half, it's a turnover problem. And it has been a turnover problem. But what was interesting about today that I thought is that 
that Caleb came out with a smile on his face and it was just different. There was a different energy. There was a different moxie about who he was in that huddle for them to where, you know, to Trevor's question, I think it's a no brainer. I think Caleb Williams is your guy. And I don't think now you don't need pressure from fans to sit there and be like, man, you gotta, you gotta play. You gotta pick it up. Um, we saw Manhattan last week, not the Manhattan, you know, in, in the Northeast Manhattan and, and Kansas uh, when they went out of Kansas State. And and what I really wanted to see from Spencer was a little bit more juice, a little bit more sense of urgency to say, hey, man, I'm your guy and this is why. I really didn't see it then. He's got a hell of an arm talent. I mean, it, you know, he's, it's dripping off of him. But at the same time, as we all know, too, in the, in the quarterback room, there's so much more to being um, a captain, a leader, executing in that huddle, especially on that side of the ball, than just arm talent alone. Um the, the, the interesting part, again, kind of what I was alluding to before, but, you know, they, they went heavy on the run when Caleb came in a little bit. And Kennedy Brooks is a guy that needs to be getting 20-plus carries a game. And that was another thing that we had talked about in our, in our podcast, that where is, the, where is this front five that just mauls people? Where, where, where are these cats um, that, are, that are getting, you know, 250-plus yards on the ground every week, whether they were putting too much on Spencer or they could never get to the run because they were always playing down. Who knows? What we do know is that Caleb is that guy uh, to sit there and sling that ball off his back foot, you know, 60 yards. He can take a fourth and one, 66 yards to the house um, cold, which, by the way, toast to that dude, because as we all know, coming off the bench is, is hard enough um, when your legs are cold and you just warmed up for 30 minutes and then you just sat there for another 30 minutes and you got to go run 66 yards. Um, but what he brought was just a different type of energy, a smile, a juice to his face. Um, and so I think it's I think it's a no brainer. He needs to be in the transport portal, which you alluded to. Uh, I saw that your tweet had a little retweet, too. But Jimbo Fisher is going to be like, hey, man, I don't I don't need him. I don't need him. What would be interesting if my man James Franklin is up there calling him right now? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got a question here for both you guys. Um, I, I get the again around the excitement of the game, how he came in and was able to do that. And and obviously if Lincoln had the confidence to go and put him in the game, he's obviously shown out in practice. And this isn't just some some crazy decision on a limb, right? It that being said, with the crazy football season we've had so far, obviously Alabama's just going down to, by all intents and purposes, a, a very you know, kind of pedestrian A&M team this year. Um, you've got Spencer Rattler, who's led the team to an undefeated season thus far, um, and he's got a history of playing really good football. Do you throw him to the curb that quickly? I get it. You know, he had a pick, and then he had a really bad, you know, kind of sack strip fumble. Do you kick him to the curb that quickly? I mean, I, I know that, again, the excitement around it, it seems like a no-brainer, but is it a no-brainer? Hey, for me, for me, Trev, it's 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 a, it's no question. I mean, look, here's the deal. Here, here's what it, we can sit around here and we because we've all been there and we want to be given the benefit of the doubt. We want to be given every opportunity. But I'm gonna tell you, man, when when you're Lincoln Riley and you and you stack up five star quarterback after five star quarterback after five star quarterback, they, all of those guys can physically throw the football, man. They can physically run, extend plays make all the big throws, drop the arm slot and do all these sexy things. They can all do that, man. And so when I look at it, I'm like, Lincoln Riley, you stack these guys up. The one thing you can do, the one thing you have to do is you have to acknowledge when one guy has the ability 
to make the 10 guys in the huddle around him better. When he steps in the huddle and those 10 guys raise their level of play, I don't care if it's the running back in the running game or the offensive line or, or Mims, the receiver, whoever it is, it was blatantly obvious today that when that kid stepped in the huddle, the 10 guys around him played better. And I'll be honest with you, Trev, I ain't real sure that the 11 on defense didn't play better as well. They turned around and shut out. They shut out University of Texas. So if you're going to be the, 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 the coach that's paid millions of dollars and you're going to go out there and you're going to recruit five-star after five-star after five-star, then your ass better have the guts to go in there and go, hey, sorry, man, I know this sucks. Spencer, you were my guy. You did a good job, but the kid behind you is better. You owe that to your football team to put yep. the best guy on the field. And if Caleb Williams is that guy, which I think today he proved he, he was that guy, then you got to make that decision. It sucks. Us three don't have to make it, but we ain't getting paid damn near $10 million by the University of Oklahoma either. Yeah, I was about to say, hey, if you're making that kind of money, you, you every once in a while you got to make those decisions. It's not just a pretty face, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree and with you. I agree and that's, with you. that's all he's called to do. That's all he's called to do is win. And, and, and Clint said my entire point is this, it's you have to look at the, the locker room as a whole. Who makes our guys play better? Who, who elevates our squad? Um, and, and you kind of see it on the sideline, man, when it, it, it just from week one to week six, you know, there's very few guys that go pat seven on the back now. You can just tell when you and that's and that's a hard part about life, man. And life doesn't give you opportunities. You, you don't you don't get owed anything in life. Just like football shouldn't owe you anything because you're six and zero. If you if you're barely getting by and there's a kid that's better, um, to where you actually put up six hundred sixty two yards offense. What what in the you know our podcast, Trevor? When's the last time we said, man, you know, oh, you put up five hundred yards? And it's, it, we just haven't said that. So so to me, this is this is our guy. Um, but I, I will say this too, because we're, we're all on this, um, podcast as QBs, man, being a backup is tough. It's, it's hard to be engaged when there's only one dude out there. And that's what people don't understand is, is there's a lot of work that we do kind of by ourselves. Well, most of us, Clint, you are just natural talent. So it didn't matter to you, but to, to, yeah. <laughs> to, to, the, to the, the rest of us, um, you know, people and, and, and pedestrians over here, we had to work for it, but Anyways, it's, it's a highly competitive room. There's only one guy out there. How you stay engaged mentally um, and prepare yourself when you're not the guy is going to separate when you actually do get that chance. And I thought, you know, kind of going into this next game here, we had Caleb Williams, who was prepared, whether athletically, you know, gifted and, and, and whatever else. But then we also, you know, saw a, a cat at Penn State that I just don't think was prepared enough, and it and it and it really sucks. So let's transition to you know the Penn State Iowa game. Um, you know, at at, at this point, um, <laughs> it's kind of tough. So I hope Sean Clifford comes back because you know Taquan Robinson, um, you know, had himself a, a pretty rough day out there on the field. But but again, preparing yourself for these moments. Tom Brady's the best example. You only get one opportunity. You don't know when that is. Um, and so, uh, Trevor, talk to me a little bit about what that's like to come off the bench, you know, have, have, you don't, you don't get a, Hey, I think you might, you might come up here this next quarter. So go ahead and start mentally preparing yourself. You never really know, man, what, what's it like for Taquan Robinson in this kind of situation in this hostile environment, you know, going against number three, Iowa. Yeah. It, it, it's an interesting place to be to your point, Bryce. Hey, mental reps, some people can sit back and take mental reps, which I did a lot when I was a backup. 
but it's just not the same as getting them the reps throughout practice and actually having a feel on any given play you put in the game plan, right? Hey, we got a jet sweep coming this way. Sure, you can sit back there and simulate it while the, act, the, the starter's up front getting the timing down, but you better snap that ball at the right point, you know, as that guy's coming across. I had a unique situation in my career, college career, where I legitimately sat in every seat in the, in the quarterback room. I was the young guy, red shirt, never going to play. I was the young guy who was the starter looking over my shoulder because uh, we, we were kind of doing the two QB system. I was the backup. I got beat out. I transferred. I was the guy again. I mean, I, I have literally sat in every seat that a quarterback can sit in. And it is very, very tough from a motivation standpoint to go out to practice every day and be ready to play. Um, and then to your point, Bryce, come into a game. It can go one of two ways. A lot of it, to be quite honest, um, at least for me, rides on that adrenaline. Hey, you hop in there and it's kind of a whirlwind and you get that first pass under your belt and boom, you're rolling. Kind of like Caleb did. He, had, he broke that long run and, and got that touchdown and then he was just rolling from there. The same thing didn't happen up here, you know, in Iowa City this weekend. You come in, you're a little bit timid. You know, you probably didn't study as hard as you should have because Sean Clifford's the guy and he's going to go up here and he's going to lead us to a victory. And uh, I think there was just a, a lack of attention to detail in preparation this week to come in when your time is is called um, to come in and try and win a football game, right? Yeah, I agree. So Clint, talk to me. What Did you see enough from Iowa to, to say that, look, this is still, you know, you can have a, a top four team built around defense. Um, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you got? No, I mean, Bryce, look, I, you talk, you mentioned this earlier. You, you briefly mentioned the Penn state Iowa game, man. Look, I watched that entire football game. I, when they're sitting at three and four in the country right now, there's nothing I took from today that moved me. Like yeah. I, I think they're still, I think they're still two of the better football teams in this country. No question about it. I think if you try to go on the road and play at either one of them's home stadium, your ass better be ready, buckle up. And, and, and today just happened to be in Iowa's backyard and the starting quarterback got hurt. Iowa won the ball game. We can't take anything away from them. I, I think they were, they were really, really impressive. They had some injuries on their side of the football as well. But there's no doubt about it that, that Penn State is one of the best, team, best football teams in the country. And had their quarterback not gone down, they may have beat Iowa by, by uh, double digits. That, that, that yeah. game, I don't know how y'all saw it, but the way I was sitting there watching it, it looked to me like Penn State was fixing to walk away with that thing in the second half and just yep. consistently stretch that lead out. And so, for me, I got to give Iowa the credit for the victory. Hey, a W is a W. You, you, you're number uh, three in the country. I can't, I can't knock you for, for what you did today. That was beautiful. And, by the way, it's, it, it, it's unbelievable to see what's going on at Iowa in terms of that home field advantage. That was beautiful to watch. It's crazy when you're sitting at home watching it on TV, just like we watched with Alabama and, yeah. and, and A&M. Yeah. The, the, the Kyle Field environment, I could feel it through the damn TV. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, but, but Penn State, same thing. I mean, I can't, I can't knock Penn State for what they did today. I mean, yeah, their backup quarterback was, was a mess. They obviously haven't, haven't addressed the backup quarterback situation the way that most – or the way that you should as an offensive staff. But when it's all said and done, Bryce, I, I look at it and I go, hey, those are still the number three and number four team in the country – right this second, in my opinion. I can't knock them for what they did. 
I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm with you. To, to, to be totally honest, I sat there and, and look, it was a defensive battle the whole game. I thought Penn State defense really rallied when Sean Clifford got hurt, um, you know, to, to kind of rally around the, the backup QB and say, hey, man, it's going to be on us. Because, I mean, hell, there was, there was um, I think, 16 punts total in a game, which is, which is just absolutely insane. Um, obviously my guy, Troy Taylor with nine punts from, from Iowa, putting them, putting them deep, but, but to your point too, the home, the home field advantage. I mean, there was one drive that they were backed up. Uh, they had three penalties, false start penalties in a row uh, based off of how loud that junk was. So um, I think it was really interesting. And, and look, it, you can't take anything away from Penn State. We talked about them last week and on, you know, their schedule moving forward is going to be just a, a juggernaut of a, of a squad, but uh, you know, an interesting stat that I pulled today was their, their Iowa's had 16 turnovers, which, by the way, for you guys sitting on the couch, the, the ball skills that these DBs in Iowa City have are incredible. I don't know if you guys picked that up, but, I mean, it, it is really impressive to see a DB track a ball like a receiver and go catch it. And every time that the ball is – if it's a 50-50 ball, most of the time we'd like to say our receivers are going to catch it. Them dudes in that locker room are saying, hey, our DBs are going to catch it. It's, it's just really impressive. But they had 16 turnovers to date, 75 points off of those turnovers. Today they had three turnovers, um, or at least at half. I think they had four total. Um, they only had three points off of them. So that's just, you know, kind of, again, kind of toast to, to Penn State's defense because I, I thought they had a really good game plan and, and, and playing into this. But so right now we've got Georgia sitting number one. What we think is going to be Iowa at number two. Now we've got this three and four team, right? We've got, we've got three and four that, you know, if that's going to be a Cincinnati moving up, if that's going to be an OU jumping up, if that's going to be an Ohio State jumping up, and just in terms of five, six, and seven, uh, we'll kind of we'll, – we'll leave with this. But so who are your top four after week six? I mean, damn, Bryce, are you kidding me? I mean, hey, Trevor, good luck with that. I'll let you take this one first, brother. I mean, look, I mean, you, you literally got Georgia – and I don't know that – I mean, Alabama's got to fall out of the top four right there with that with that one. Does Alabama – they have so. to stay in power because it's Alabama? But here's what we know, guys. I mean, I, I, look, I, I mean, I, I can throw four teams out there. I'll give you Georgia, Iowa, Iowa, Penn State. And I think I'll go with – I'll go with an undefeated OU jumps Cincinnati, jumps Bama and gets in the top four. Bama falls to five. I'll give you that. But here's the beautiful thing, Trev. I mean – you got Georgia at number one, and this joker is wide-ass open, partner. I mean, it is mm -hmm. wide open from there on out. I mean, this is beautiful. Agreed. Yeah, my, my, that's, my, that's my list as well. I think you put Oklahoma in there, um, and, and you have to at this point. They're undefeated ball club. Um, they're playing in the Big 12. They, they already went to Kansas State, which has been a hiccup um, for them in, in recent years, right? Um, they don't have a whole lot of tests still on the schedule. Um, and But to, to your point, Georgia is far above and ahead, right? They stand alone on their own island right now, kick the feet up, coast through the year. Obviously, that's not their mentality, but that's what we're going to see from the outside. And everybody else is going to be a dogfight. Um, it's going to be interesting to see not only who ends up in that top four, but I think there's going to be – every year that this happens, right? But I think there's going to be, for the first time, a very, very stiff debate on who gets into that final four because they're not going to be undefeated teams. It's not going to be, you know, this versus that in, in group of five versus, you know, power five. It's going to be some very difficult conversations around that board table. 
Um, so it'll be fun to watch it play out. And I love it. I love it. And it just so, again, I get to put it in here. I think Cincinnati's done what they've needed to do. Notre Dame came out with another win, which is great. We just need to keep them rolling and just keep patting them. Dude, I tell you, I tell you what, just keep on patting them on the butt. Look, I think, I think it's Georgia, Iowa. And then I think I, I, Unfortunately, I think it's just going to happen. I think OU is going to jump Cincinnati. I think it's going to be OU Cincinnati at four. I think Alabama is going to sit at five. Um, and then it's just going to be a, a, a dog track to the rest. What you got, buddy? Hey, hey Bryce. Gotta... Go, ahead, go ahead, Trip. Go ahead. Here's, here's the deal, man, is we're going to find out a lot this week, Bryce, about this Cincinnati deal because I, I told you it ain't going to happen. It don't matter if they beat Notre Dame or not. It ain't going to happen. But we're going to find out a lot this week because you got – you got one of the biggest brands in college football sitting at number nine right now, five and zero. Got them a dub today. Michigan won, didn't they? Did, did I miss something? Did I miss something? We're no, I think I think Michigan did. No, no, no. I think Michigan did win. I think they pulled it out. They beat Nebraska, right? They yeah, pulled that yeah. out. Yeah, yep, they did. Okay, they're gonna be sitting at six and zero. OU's gonna be sitting at six and zero after that W. You you want to you you want to put a little something on on whether both those teams jump Cincinnati this week. Michigan's going to jump I, I from love. nine, and they're going to jump over five Cincinnati. Wow. Wow. Off Barely being a Nebraska team? Hey, I'm, I'm not – this ain't – I'm not – we've talked about this, damn it, Bryce. I'll I'm headbutt you I mean, through I, this Zoom call right now, and I will hey, find hey, your address. We, we, no, hey, bro, we've talked about this. I, it's not my – look, I, I, I want to see Cincinnati succeed, but I'm telling no, you, don't. them decision makers around that boardroom table that Trev was just talking about, Man, they're going to do everything they can to keep Cincinnati out. And if you think a 5-0 Cincinnati that, that, that just beat Notre Dame after Notre Dame barely squeaking one out today, you don't think they, they're getting challenged by OU and Michigan this week getting jumped? Michigan will be the challenge. I'm really going out on a limb there. I think Michigan jumped Cincinnati this week. What do you think? I think hell no. I think hell no. We'll go, we'll go ahead and go to Trevor, though. We'll go ahead and go to Trevor. What, Trevor, what do you think? Do you, do you think – because remember, Ohio State's, Ohio State's been rolling, too. So this is going to be a really interesting to your to your point, Clint. I think it's going to be really interesting to be in that war room. Um, you know how how you knock a team um, and, and can a team jump that much? Does Alabama fall out of the top four? That's another big thing. It's a a big brand. They're great for the college players because they've been there since you know the, the, the freaking start of it. Um, but but to me too, I I really think that this is going to uh, catapult this this twelve or this eight, there, there has 100%. to be something there and they have to be counting money. I mean, we, we know how much basketball gets, you know, with 64 teams been in there in March madness, this, this only, this only catapults that conversation to say we're missing out because to your point, we can have the Michigans, we can have uh, the Oregon's even in here at number eight. Um, and I, I think they won to today. Maybe um, they actually might still be playing right now to be totally honest with you too. Uh, anyways, all that being said, there's there's room for more brands, um, bigger brands, more money, and then you still get to have this Cincinnati, you know, kind of Cinderella story, which I just think is good for good for ball altogether. Um, but anyways, that's that's it, man. I tell you what, it's been a hell of a show, Trevor. Do you have anything uh, on that beautiful mind of yours to to kind of le just lead us off with? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll ask you guys this. Y'all were both talking there. I, we need a little paper going here. Or a little wager, right? Cincinnati. Is Cincinnati stick there? Does does uh, does Michigan jump Cincinnati? I need you guys to settle this right now before we get off. 
But I'll let you call the bet, buddy. Go ahead. Go ahead and call. I need. Bet. I need some odds, man. I mean, look, I'm. Taking I need odds. Ball. What they are gotta, you talking they about? Jump, they got to jump five. Like this week, they got to jump five spots over Cincinnati. I get the damn odds. <laughs> I mean, you got the one that's sitting at five with their five and zero. Oh. They hell, they won on Thursday night in primetime football. They won like eight hundred and two to nothing. I mean, are you damn are right. you shitting me? Damn right. I mean, that's I exactly need, why I'm not giving you odds. Okay, call I, it. I you call so. it what, what, whatever you want. What is that? What is that drink? You, what is that drink you got? I got. I, I, I got. I, I, it's I called you. long drink. It's called long drink. I got you a twelve pack of long drinks. If, if beautiful Michigan does not jump Cincinnati this week, how about there that? Beautiful. How about that? Hey, beautiful. Hey, Thank I, you. I do have one other thought. This is this is kind of a tangent, but curious y'all's thoughts on it with the whole NIL deal, which we've talked about more towards the beginning of the year, and, and it's. You know, we've kind of tabled it, and I think all these programs have as well. But Zach Calzada, is he getting an NIL deal this week after that win? Does he got some companies in college? Buddy, if he's not driving, if he's not driving a new Tahoe from from John Jones uh, Chevrolet dealership there in College Station, I don't know what's I don't know what's going to happen. Hell, Johnny Manziel might buy him one. Well, does that also mean that Spencer Rattler's got to give one of his two new vehicles to Caleb Williams to drive around campus? Nope. That's that's <laughs> why it's, that's that's why this whole thing is too wild west for me. It's, I I don't understand how you do it. Uh, it's return on investment that some people don't care about. But <laughs> if I'm Spencer Rattler, I'm saying you paid me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. I love it. I love it. I love this, it. This is this is gonna get wild. Well, fellas, look, I I, I appreciate you guys uh, having me once again to everybody out there you've uh you're watching you're listening to the field of 12 uh after dark you can join us every saturday night after the the late night game i say us like i'm gonna be a part of it as much as i enjoyed it i mean bryce is always there trevor's always there there's always a, a good group of of uh analysts if you will former players if you will cussing and discussing what went on today tell your friends about it tell your family about it and uh, make sure they join us next Saturday night. VetRivers.com is obviously a place that uh, you can go out there and make some money. You can join us all there. Uh, but until then, Bryce, Trevor, enjoyed it, guys. Thank you all for having me, man. I'm looking forward to next time. Uh, everybody have a, a great Saturday night. We love you, baby. That's it. Be good.